After blowing up the inter-Korean liaison office in Kaesong on Tuesday, North Korea implied yesterday that it is scrapping the military agreement signed between the two Koreas, saying it will redeploy troops at the guard post within the demilitarized zone and resume military drills in the West Sea. Pyongyang also said that uh, the leader's younger sister, Kim Yajong, flatly rejected South Korea's offer to send special envoys to defuse tensions, calling it unrealistic, tactless, and absurd, among other adjectives. In response, Cheong Wade uh, has uh, used um, some uh, rather strong words to criticize her remarks, calling them rude, irrational, and senseless. So we're going to get some analysis uh, from a couple of experts in regards to these latest developments. Uh, first, joining us from Troy University's International Relations Faculty in Seoul, Professor Daniel Pinkston. Hello. Good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Uh, Professor Pinkston, uh, maybe just start us off overall. uh, What's been your uh, reaction to these recent events? Well, a couple of things. I think that it's uh, noteworthy that uh, Kim Yo-jong has been prominent in these uh, statements and and seems to be playing a, a central role in these issues, which nominally are out of her lane. They're uh, concerning, um, you know, security issues, military issues, inter-Korean relations. So it raises a lot of questions about um, the motivations inside the regime. I I think what you're saying is that it's it's almost like a rollout of um, enhancing her status, uh, basically, uh, with the perception that uh, her words have led to these actions, meaning that she is now... uh, considered to be uh, one of the the really upper-tier people in power in the power structure, the the upper echelon of uh, North Korean, uh, the ruling elite, right? Yes, in previous successions, um, even during Kim Il-sung's time, when Kim Jong-il was being groomed as the successor, there were acts of uh, violence that were attributed to Kim Jong-il and also to Kim Jong-un, the shelling of Yonpyeong-do and thinking of the Chun'an, for example, those um, cases of belligerence and violence uh, are a way to uh, check the loyalty through the hierarchy and for the successor or the prominent figures that the, the central node of the regime can establish their um, you know, national security credentials or their toughness. And that seems to be happening here with Kim Yo-jong as well. There seems to be a consensus that uh, the, the next step will be to deploy troops at uh, either or or both uh, Kungangsan and the uh, Kaesong Industrial Complex. Would you uh, agree that that is going to be the likely scenario? Well, that's what the, the KPA, um, I believe the general staff issued a statement on that, and other officials have, have mentioned that, uh, supporting it. Um, of course, that all comes from the, the party. The party is in control of the, the military. Um, this is a way of, of checking their uh, uh, loyalty and obedience. Of course, so this isn't the, the KPA being off on, off the reservation or not following orders from the party. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, I expect these types of uh, measures and possibly some other um, violent measures, maybe in the, the Yellow Sea or around the NLL or something like that as well. To follow up on that, uh, you have uh, stated that uh, you do expect more provocations uh, by the North, and this would be regardless of whether Seoul uh, is uh, putting out a more conciliatory stance or putting on uh, a more um, aggressive or at least belligerent stance in kind. Uh, You mentioned the Yellow Sea. What, What kind of provocations do you think are possible right now? 
Well, one of the things they could do is um, they challenged in 1999 the, uh, the northern limit line. According to the armistice signed in 1953, there is no maritime boundary between the two Koreas. And the NLL was drawn by the United Nations command commander after the armistice was signed. Since then, South Korea has tried to enforce that as a maritime boundary. North Korea has uh, rejected that. And in 1999, they drew uh, their own version of a maritime boundary, which, of course, swings towards the, the south with very narrow corridors uh, for the Northwestern Islands, which they do recognize are under South Korean control. So they might try to enforce that. Um, other things they could do. But I think in general, what you've seen over decades is the North Koreans and the Korean Workers Party, they continue to fight the revolution. They say that in their, their statements and in their internal documents in the party bylaws. And the behavior is consistent with that. Sometimes they take a conciliatory approach. Other times it's a belligerent approach and uh, whatever time at the exact time when they feel they can further those goals or move the ball down the field to that goal, they will engage in that. So uh, for whatever internal reasons, they've come to the conclusion that now is the time for a belligerent posture. Do you feel then that is uh, driven more than uh, if you weigh the balance of what is the motivating factor or the impetus to engage in belligerent behavior that it is more internally driven than externally driven because it did the timing of this came right after uh, president moon jae-in did signal that uh, perhaps it was time to maybe take some steps to do things including address the uh, kungangsan issue we know that uh, they have been voicing displeasure over uh, what they perceive to be uh, south korea not keeping their end of the bargain with these various inter-korean agreements especially the the economic uh, cooperative aspects of it it seems like if if they did something as uh, violent and um, deadly as something like what with what happened in yunpyeong or even um, the uh, various skirmishes that we've seen uh, around the NLL, that would be something that would go beyond what would um, be termed acceptable politically here, and it would essentially tie the current government's hands to basically engage in any further um, conciliatory gestures. Well, I think that there's um, real um, resentment in Pyongyang, Regarding sanctions relief, I think they had expectations of uh, some relaxation of of sanctions from, of course, from South Korea, from the U.S., and also many of those uh, uh, sanctions, most of the sanctions are part of U.N. Security Council resolution, so it's difficult to walk those back. Nevertheless, I think the North Koreans had high expectations for that in the summits with Trump, in the summits with uh, uh, Moon Jae-in. And that hasn't yielded any uh, uh, fruit for them. So there's a real frustration. And then secondarily, there's there's speculation about um, internal stability or Kim Jong-un's health. Uh, After he appeared, um, you know, over the past couple months following absences, uh, a lot of people scoffed at the the speculation about his um, health and some people speculating that he might be uh, dead or incapacitated. But the fact is, the guy doesn't look healthy, and maybe he does have some serious health issues. And this is a, a period for uh, Kim Yo-jung to establish her uh, credentials in case she does have to, to step in uh, for her brother. So, But on the other hand, as far as this blowing up of the inter-Korean uh, liaison office, it was very telegraphed. It was announced. 
Um, it's measured. I think it's a clear signal that North Korea wants to raise tensions, but they are not looking for a big fight or right. an uncontrolled uh, conflict. So they want to escalate, but uh, be in control of that escalation. Uh, under the premise that uh, we believe that uh, there are signals being sent to the U.S. as well with what North Korea is doing targeting South Korea, uh, both in rhetoric and and in action. Uh, They are mindful, obviously, that in in the U.S., politically speaking, uh, Donald Trump is in no position or maybe even never had any inclination to address this uh, North Korean issue uh, in the lead up to the uh, November presidential election. So it it does seem like, as of now, I mean, to try to compel the U.S. into action, uh, realistically speaking, uh, I mean, far from a, uh, I guess, very, very uh, strong military type of statement. It, it doesn't seem like the U.S. is necessarily going to be moving in here in a big way, uh, b- both diplomatically or even militarily. Well, North Korea has been very consistent for, for decades as well in, in regarding their views uh, of diplomacy. Um, they view the world through a realist lens. Everything is adjudicated through uh, power. If you rise through the ranks of the Korean Workers' Party, even if you're part of the Kim family, Pekju bloodline, you don't trust anyone. You can't trust anyone in that type of uh, system. So certainly they would not trust anyone like Donald Trump or any foreigner um, to fulfill any commitments or anything else. So um, they will continue to uh, seek the achievement of their goals, which they make very clear, unifying uh, Korea on on their term uh, under the Kim family regime. And uh, as far as any kind of agreements, what they could get in terms of sanctions relief or any kind of uh, benefits, they will pocket that. But it doesn't won't distract them from their ultimate goals and uh, uh, motivation. So, um, you know, they will use coercion when they think it's um, effective. And as their military capabilities increase, they will continue to test and see what they can achieve through coercion. All right, we're going to leave it there. Professor Pinkston, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate your insights. Okay, great. Thanks for having me. And we're going to get uh, another perspective on what's been going on recently with North Korea. Pleased to be joined by our good friend from Korea University Law School, Professor Kim Gi-chang. Hello. Hi, good morning. Good morning to you, Professor Kim. Uh, Can we get your initial thoughts on uh, the uh, dramatic events that have occurred uh, recently with North Korea? Um, Yes, it's... It's obvious that North Korea wants uh, a change, a dramatic change uh, in the relationship between South Korea and uh, U.S., this uh, tripartite uh, stalemate uh, is definitely um, proving to be uh, intolerable for North Korea. So North Korea wants a significant change and shake-up of the existing stalemate. So that is, uh, they want to, as you say, I think they're not happy with the status quo. So to change the status quo, they're going to be, they're shaking things up by having these um, uh, very uh, strong words, some say insulting comments from Kim Yo-jong, and then this uh, blowing up of the uh, inter-Korean liaison office. Uh, what do you think then they are hoping then will be the the shakeup or, or the, 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 the change to the stalemate? Mm. Um, I suppose that North Korea had uh, 
some hope, obviously with cautious and uh, guarded hope, uh, about Donald Trump uh, about three years ago. Right. Or, uh, um, something might come out. They might have hoped. Uh, so they uh, did some initiative and they closed down some of the test facilities. But then uh, this Hanoi... Um, Fiasco occurred. Mm. Uh, I understand that Hanoi disaster was largely due to uh, the U.S. domestic politics. Um, so that was a great disappointment for North Korea. And after that, really nothing happened. And uh, there, there, there is no sign, no hope uh, of anything positive coming out from the U.S. So finally, North Korea decided to send signal that it's South Korea's turn to act and to move things forward. Well, uh, President Moon Jae-in has up till now expressed um, patience and and, uh, has been really the facilitator to all of the progress that we've seen up till now from the 2018 PyeongChang Winter Olympics uh, where, where uh, Kim Yo-jong and, and uh, a contingent visited, that, that really got the ball rolling to this a very, very dramatic series of events, including the multiple summits between Moon and Kim Jong-un, and then the two summits, including, as you termed, the, uh, the Hanoi uh, fiasco, the two meetings between Kim Jong-un in Singapore and in Hanoi uh, with uh, Donald Trump. Uh, I think a lot of people are kind of dismayed that uh, perhaps all of those efforts now um, uh, may have been in vain. Uh, Chang Wada has come out with a very strong statement, and, and they have responded in kind to Kim Yo-jung's uh, insulting comments uh, towards um, uh, President Moon. Do you feel that uh, Chang Wada is, um, and the government right now so far, is a pro- a reacting appropriately? Um, I suppose uh, that that sort of strong response is inevitable in view of the the dramatic nature of what North Korea did. So uh, that is acceptable, in my view, and understandable. But I don't think what North Korea did uh, annihilates everything or destroyed uh, what happened ever since PyeongChang Winter Olympic. Um, no one can go back. So everything, um, this uh, increased uh, legitimacy of North Korean uh, leader in the world, in the eyes of the world, that remains, I think, in spite of this dramatic move. Mm. Uh, people will start to think why North Korea is doing that. And then they will realize that, oh, yes, nothing you know, positive happened after that that great deal of effort from all sides and why nothing positive have, have happened. I think mainly because of U.S. sanctions. Right. Uh, although U.S. talked a lot about uh, peaceful resolution of Korean issue, but at the same time, they maintained this, this uh, uh, ironclad sanction against North Korea, which basically is aimed at uh, uh, forcing North Korea to capitulate, basically forcing forcing North Korea to kneel down. So U.S. has been doing this double play, and South Korea turned out, and South Korea proved to be powerless and, <laughs> in a sense, wimpy, uh, not being able to do anything yeah. in front of these 
ironclad sanctions against North Korea. Basically, it's a very hostile move against North Korea, which has been insisted upon by U.S. government. And South Korea showed no willpower to do anything about those hostile sanction regimes. So that, that's the interesting question then, Professor Kim, because uh, it is quite clear that North Korea feels, uh, and uh, part of the anger is, yes, uh, against the U.S. for, for their uh, stubbornness with the sanctions and uh, Donald Trump's maybe bad faith uh, uh, kind of negotiations leading up to Hanoi, or maybe his aides basically had no intention of uh, following through on the agreement. However, uh, North Korea does seem to definitely feel that South Korea uh, should have done and has more uh, flexibility in, in their ability to engage in these inter-Korean agreements, particularly with the economic um, cooperative uh, projects like Kumgang or um, in Kaesong. And so they, they, they seemingly blame South Korea for not being as aggressive or um, uh, enthusiastic in trying mm-hmm. to go their own way. Uh, is that a fair criticism of South Korea? Because I, I understand that uh, with, with President Moon, uh, there, there is some, his supporters feel that maybe his hands are tied a little bit by his own aides who may not be as moving as quickly. Mm. I think North Korean criticism against South Korea uh, has some ground. Um, obviously, the, the ultimate culprit, I mean, in, in some sort, culprit is U.S. who insisted on these very hostile sanctions against North Korea. But uh, although the sanctions are worded and drafted in a very complex and broad-looking uh, language, and there are a great deal of dispute in terms of legal interpretation of what is permitted and what is not permitted and what requires uh, this approval from this UN organization and what does not need approval. A, a lot of gray areas. Mm. But I think some of the areas, especially the Kumgangsan uh, uh, tourism activity, uh, a North Korean interpretation is that that is not banned, whereas South Korean uh, Unification Ministry has not, in my view, uh, made enough effort to come up with convincing interpretation uh, in favor of um, tourism uh, exchanges between two Koreas. So um, some of the unification ministry personnel, they, they might have had not done their homework. Mm. And that, that could be, a, 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 I think, the main source of complaint from North Korea. North Korea feels that South Korea did have, it does, still does have a room for maneuver, right. but South Korean government showed no sign of taking up that opportunity and just sit there doing nothing, and that's North Korean complaint. And that, hence why uh, we saw the uh, resignation of the Unification Minister Kim Yeon-chul and uh, I guess talk from other sides about maybe we should not metaphorically uh, blow up the Unification Ministry, right, and, and start things um, uh, fresh again from the ground up. Then going forward, what do you think uh, the South Korean government should do? Uh, they probably are mindful of public opinion as well uh, in terms of uh, North Korea right now, so they, they maybe not have as much political w- wiggle room to be uh, completely conciliatory. Moon Jong-in uh, is also, he is the advisor for uh, North Korean affairs to the president, saying he thinks that there's another provocation. We have these strange... Um, uh, opposition politicians uh, raising their hands saying they want to be special envoys like An Chel-su or Yoon Sang-hyun or, or others. I, I'm not sure if that's the uh, solution either. What do you think should be uh, the path forward for the South Korean side? 
Um, I suppose one one should start um, from easier things. Um, the, the two leaders of two Koreas have agreed that they would not they would refrain from hostile acts. Now uh, there has been leaflet kind of leafleting activities pursued by uh, NGOs. Um, and their activities, in my view, is clearly in violation of South Korean legislation regulating inter-Korean exchanges. Okay, uh, I don't think uh, it is a question of freedom of expression. Freedom of expression does not justify anything or everything. Okay, so um, South Korean government should uh, enforce the. Uh, the, the legislation about ex, uh, inter-Korean exchanges to pr- stop that kind of hostile activity. And also, the South Korean government must make a clear stance against the funding source. Mm. There is, I understand that American taxpayers' money has been partially injected into this kind of leafleting activity. Right. And South Korean government must make it clear that uh, American uh, government should stop meddling uh, with uh, right. domestic politics of of Korea, and South Korean uh, government at the moment, fortunately, enjoys a very convincing and overwhelming support. Right okay. now, uh, Moon government must take this opportunity to uh, make somewhat mm. more bold move towards uh, engagement. Well, uh, hopefully they will heed your advice. Professor Kim, as always, a pleasure, and uh, look forward to seeing you again very soon. Thanks.